Dominic Junior. And this is going to be the podcast I'm going to be making for my teacher Gretchen. It's going to be about the migration, all of that. Mostly we're going to be talking about the prohibition, the causes, what led to it, and all of that. I don't really have a script. It's not my way of doing things. And I'm really just going to let this flow, so I'm probably not going to stop it, never. So let's try it, boys. Let's try it. Okay. I have this little... I don't know if it, I don't know what it's called. It's just I have the topics I'd say that we could start talking about today. Um, I think I'm gonna start with, you know, like what led to it and what happened at the start of it. Around the start of the 1820s, there was a good religious movement called revivalism, right? That spread out throughout, like throughout, uh, around the United States. Massachusetts was one of the first people to actually um, put a ban on what they would call liquor. They also used to call it temperance, right? But they actually took it off two years later. That's okay, right? Around, uh, let's say, um, 1918, apparently, that's when the, the, the 18th Amendment, sorry, started um, taking a rise, and it, that's when it actually went, and they made an amendment the same year. Um, women actually played a strong role because they supported it for the sole reason that they thought that alcohol sometimes would ruin their marriage because of the, you know, of the problems that alcohol can um, produce. Industries also <clears throat> supported this movement of banning temperances and stuff because in a in, in an era where you need to be currently I mean sorry constantly creating and making and making stuff basically and be working you know um basically they can't have people slacking off they can't have people you know um drinking and not paying attention to the work so you know they have to be strict on that, so they supported it. Around 1919, the Congress wanted to enforce it federally, but it got very hard to contain. They did it, and they made it a federal um, crime, but it got very hard to enforce. Let's say around 1920, um, past two years of that time, things were very hard to control. Crime had erupted. Um, especially in the rural areas and the urban areas, people who wanted to drink still find the, still found a way to do it. There was these, um, what do you call it, what would you call them, um, illegal drinks or non-official um, drinks called bootlegs that people were creating. People were making um, um, they were making work out of it. They were making money out of it. There's a whole, um, whole. Oh, I don't remember the word, a whole monopoly around it, you know, a whole monopoly around bootlegs, and there were certain spots where people went to drink and have fun, people, you know, places where people wouldn't get judged, because they wouldn't get arrested for it, they were called speakeasies, and many people found that as a way to make money, 
just, and that's why many gangsters um, started taking over these places and making money for themselves and became a crime syndicate. One of the main places where this happened was in Chicago with Al Capone. We're not going to get too much into the into the, into the the topic, but Al Capone um, made most, most of his money off bootlegs and speakeasies, right? Um, also, around 1932, the Great Depression, I'm sorry, wait, no, that was what was happening around the time. What happened to the end, at, at the end of it, before, you know, they started to say, oh, oh my God, we might have to, like, take this off already because of the crime and everything. The last straw was the Great Depression in 1932, around that time. Because what happened, we all know what happened in the Great Depression, the the, the banks corrupted and all that. Um, there wasn't any money, there wasn't work. They needed outlets to put people to work so they can make back the money, right? And they found alcohol or the creation, transport, the creation, the transportation, the all of that, right? All of that um, gave people jobs. So they like opted for bringing back, for bringing back liquor. That was the excuse that they used. Around 1933, the 21st Amendment was ratified, and that's the amendment that made um, liquor usable again, basically. It basically, the 21st Amendment basically um, crosses out the 18th Amendment. That's what it does. And Utah was the last pre uh, was one of the last ones to give their votes. Also, let's see um, other things I can remember from this topic. Um, actually, it's very surprisingly for me. After they took off the ban, there were still a good amount of states that didn't want to take off the ban for some reason. It took a couple years, and I think I read it was around 1966 that that all the states were back to not having any bands. Yeah, that was my um <laughs> that was my take on the provision and the migration. That was one of the reasons that many people actually wanted to move upwards into the north because more of the what you would call the the Oh, the word, the freedom, all that. So, yeah, that's been me. My name is Janiel. Have a nice day. You know, do your best. Live happy. Don't do bad. Eat a lot of food. Drink a lot of water.